0: yo it's tim malcolm the host of the phillies nation podcast and the editorial director of philliesnation.com go to philliesnation.com today for all of your phillies news rumors information opinion and much more The offseason is almost here. In fact, we're a few days away from that with the World Series ending soon. And so much will happen with the Phillies, of course, between free agency and potential trades. We will have a lot coming up, too, at philliesnation.com. Check it out over the next few weeks to get your dose of offseason information plus a few special treats as we come up into November. You can find Phillies Nation on Facebook at facebook.com slash Phillies Nation. We're on Twitter at Phillies Nation and Instagram at Phillies Nation underscore. The Phillies Nation podcast can be found on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spreaker, TuneIn, and youtube.com slash Phillies Nation. So... I was going to give you a big offseason podcast today, kind of get you set up for it. But, of course, the Phillies manager news has not yet been finalized. Now, we do have some breaking news as I report this on Sunday night. As I record this on Sunday night, it is about 9 o'clock on Sunday. I'm watching the World Series, Game 5, between the Astros and Dodgers. And John Heyman is reporting that the Phillies are close to naming Gabe Kapler their new manager. We'll talk about that. Plus, we do have some stuff about Dusty Wathen to get through. I talked to Mike Drago of the Reading Eagle. He's been covering the Phillies and other sports for Reading for a long, long time. And he, of course, covered Dusty Wathen when he was with the Phillies. Uh, the Reading Fightin' Phils for a number of years there between 2012 and 16. He talked to me about Dusty. So it's still, it's still happening. We don't know what the decision is yet with the Phillies. Maybe the news will come out soon, but we did want to get some more about Dusty in there because we feel like we don't know a lot about him. So why don't we talk to someone who does know something about him? That'll come up later on in the podcast. We will start with the news of the day, which is, of course, the Heyman Report and what might happen in the next maybe 12 to 15 hours, because I think that's probably what's going to happen. Now, as you you listen to this, before we get into it, it is Sunday night as I'm recording this. You'll probably listen to this on Monday morning, so probably by now things will be done, but enjoy what was for at least maybe 12 hours, at most, a relevant podcast. Yo, Phillies Nation! Welcome to the Phillies Nation Podcast, episode number 27. I'm Tim Malcolm, the host of the podcast, also the editorial director of PhilliesNation.com. And as I said in the open, we were thinking about an offseason preview podcast where we'd go deep into what the Phillies would be looking for in free agency, maybe trades, talking about who might be available from the Phillies. If this is the end for guys like Franco and Cameron Rupp and Tommy Joseph and et cetera, et cetera. We got some news, though, and we want to spend the podcast talking about that news and also about the players involved. So according to John Heyman of FanRag Sports, and this is basically everything that we know up until this point. And by the way, I'm recording this on Sunday. It's about nine o'clock. World Series game five is happening right now. This news is coming out fresh on Sunday. This podcast comes out as soon as I can get it out there. And hopefully this won't be obsolete by the time it gets out there and you listen to it. But the news from John Heyman of FanRag Sports, by the way, it's weird because I used to think of John Heyman, like it's, it seems so long ago that he was on Fox Sports, thinking about John Heyman as, as as a fan rag. I mean, it's just still weird to say John Heyman of fan rag sports. I don't know, but he's broken a lot of things, obviously, in the past, and John Heyman is very reliable. But here's his piece, and here's a lead quote from John Heyman. The Philadelphia Phillies are focused on Gabe Kapler in their managerial search. And barring something unforeseen, he will be the choice to be the next Phillies manager. Sources tell FanRag Sports, unquote. So according to Heyman, um, and it goes on that Heyman says that the Phillies have thought to have uh, made their decision on Sunday at some point. And his sources, whoever they are, whether they're, in the organization or what have you are saying that, yeah, it was Sunday. They decided it was Kapler and then an announcement should come pretty soon. But according to this Heyman report, Gabe Kapler is the choice to be the next Phillies manager. Now we have seen before reports be wrong. Uh, of course, a few days ago, Bob Nightingale of USA today tweeted that the Phillies were quote zeroing in on Dusty Wathin as the manager. And that, of course, could mean a million different things. For some websites, it meant that they were going to say that Dusty Wathan was going to be the new manager of the Phillies. Not true. Nightingale did not say that. But once you get something out there that says they're preferring this guy or this is the target or whatever that changes everything in the minds of a lot of people. And so you get all these stories that say different things, but here's what we know at this point is that Heyman is reporting that the Phillies have apparently made a decision on Gabe Kapler and that an announcement may come in the early part of this week at the, at the earliest it could be tomorrow as in today, Monday, as you're listening to this, probably Monday Um, again, this could be obsolete by then. And so will my interview with Mike Drago of the Reading Eagle. We talked about Dusty Wathen as a potential manager for the Phillies. That could be obsolete as well, as I said in the opening of that interview. But the point is that the Phillies are pretty close to making a manager decision. And you kind of knew that it was going to happen as we were getting in closer to the finalists being named. And we were in the World Series and... You know, you saw teams sort of make their decisions. Uh, the only other team left that wasn't making a decision was the Nationals, and according to them, uh, according to a report, I think Denny Martinez is the guy for the Nationals' job. So I thought that the Phillies were going to make the decision between Game 5 and Game 6 on that Monday off day. It just, it just seemed to kind of spell that way. Everything seemed to line up that way, that they were going to have their second interviews uh, in the week before that Game 6 which was last week. So it seemed as if this Monday day off would have been the day that they would make the decision. And alas, we are pretty much at that point where the Phillies seem to have made their decision, according to Heyman. And if uh, his report is correct, Gabe Kapler will be the new manager of the Philadelphia Phillies. Now, what does that mean? So what we knew about this all going in was that the three finalists were Kapler, Dusty Wathin, and former Red Sox manager, John Farrell. And of the candidates, John Farrell was the least, you know, my my least preferred choice. Uh, he, of course, managed the Red Sox from 2013 to 17. Came in there after Francona left, and did a very good job. He won a World Series in his first season as the manager of the world of, of the Red Sox. Then, of course, he took a little bit of a dip, but in classic Red Sox fashion, they were just transitioning from one group of guys to the next. And in 2016, they came back and made the postseason, where they lost, of course, in the first round. And then uh, this past year, they went to the postseason as well, again lost in the first round. But the Red Sox are successful. John Farrell is successful. He's a good manager. as 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 it as a, He hasn't screwed up enough. Okay, that's kind of what it is. He was given a good team. He hasn't screwed up enough. Now, there's reports that Farrell lost David Price. Um, that he couldn't handle him, that Price, who likes to talk a lot and influence the clubhouse, was very much... not a guy that Farrell could get along with completely. And so that caused a rift. And there were other reports that Farrell had kind of lost the clubhouse at times. Also a lot of Red Sox fans that I know were really bemoaning Farrell's work as manager in the postseason. Um, so there's, you know, a lot of reasons why you should be skeptical of a John Farrell hire. The one reason I think why they brought him in was that he has success um, and he has experience. You know, he was with the blue Jays in 2011 and 12 before he went to the Red Sox. And listen, he managed a pretty pretty kind of lukewarm Blue Jays team to a 500 record or so which is pretty good actually and then he went to the Red Sox and had success there now to me it seems like Klintak brought him in to say hey we need to have a guy with experience on our finalist sheet here we need to we need to have an option here if we don't think that Kapler and or Wathan look like the right choice going forward and we're kind of skeptical about what they have as first-time managers and maybe we go with a guy who's been there before and we can save face but look you can't be too unhappy with the options. Farrell, as much as I didn't want him to be the manager of the Phillies, was not a bad choice. Um, there are certainly other choices that would have been bad for guys who have experience in the majors. But alas, it looks like he's not the guy. Um, Dusty Wathin, we'll talk about in a bit with Mike Drago. And my take on Wathan was if the Phillies hired him, I wouldn't have been unhappy with it. I, I would have been fine with it. Uh, Wathan has enormous experience working with all of the guys in the roster he's been a manager in the Philly system since 2008 he's moved up the system he has worked with everybody from obviously Nick Williams and Reese Hoskins and J.P. Crawford to Cesar Hernandez and Michael Franco Aaron Nola he's been their manager before so that's a really good thing to be confident about if they bring him in the other thing is that everybody likes him good communicator has success. (coughs) So all those things seem to point to Wathen being a good choice. If they go with him at this point, of course, it doesn't seem as if that's going to happen. And now there's another report coming out just a few minutes ago that Jim Salisbury of uh, NBC sports, Philadelphia is now reporting hearing the same as John Heyman. Phillies are poised to hire Gabe Kapler as skipper. So it looks like it's pretty much a done deal here. Um, with uh, Salisbury reporting it, it looks a lot more, uh, I feel a lot more confident about it. It looks more like the the story is going to hold water here. And by probably tomorrow, we'll get some sort of a official announcement that Gabe Kapler will be the new manager. Uh, so I have to get this up quickly because we do have that interview to put up with about Dusty Watson. But uh, real quick on Kapler. There was a piece by ESPN a few years ago. So the Dodgers were very much interested in Kapler as their new manager back in 2015. They uh, went, of course, with Dave Roberts, who has done a very nice job with them. Um, although I could probably manage the Dodgers and not screw it up too much because they're pretty stacked. But point is, Kapler was a finalist for the Dodger job in 2015. And though he didn't get it, a lot of good things were said about him. Andrew Friedman of course, a good friend of Gabe Kapler's, Friedman the former GM of the Tampa Bay Rays, of course was with the Rays when they got to the 2008 World Series against the Phillies. And Friedman now the I believe he's the president of baseball ops with the Dodgers. He's obviously very successful, very smart mind, one of the leading thought thought people uh in baseball right now because of the way that he thinks analytics of course very heavy on his agenda. But he said this about Kapler. He's good friends with him. Here's what he said. Quote, he's incredibly bright. He's a tremendous leader of people. And he's an exceptional communicator. It's so hard for players who are so mired in it to sometimes see the bigger picture or even look at it from a different perspective. Gabe is incredibly skilled at seeing things from different perspectives. Unquote. That was 2015. Uh, Andrew Friedman speaking to Mark Saxon of ESPN. So, Look. If he's given him that kind of endorsement, great communicator can get players who are deep in slumps or in their own heads or whatever to think outside of their slumps and their heads and to look at life in a different way and then apply it to baseball later on and get back on track. If Kapler has that sort of ability, that's great managerial ability. That's what you want in a manager is an exceptional communicator, someone who can level with players, someone who can help players see things differently. And then someone who can manage all the players around him to be their best and produce their best and not feud with others and have a clubhouse that works in some sort of a harmony, whether it's in this sort of abstract way or everybody literally is a machine on that in that clubhouse, like the 2011 Phillies and just does their job. Um Either way, Gabe Kapler seems like the kind of guy that is poised to be a good manager in baseball, or at least have a managerial opportunity. And everything that we've heard about Kapler is that he is very analytically focused, very big numbers guy, sabermetric walk, all of that. He also is a big proponent of sports science. He ran a fitness and lifestyle blog years ago. Um, he's uh, just a very big proponent of Staying in shape, staying healthy, having a lifestyle that is conducive to being a good performer in baseball and then using all the tools around you to improve yourself seems like a forward-thinking, progressive, new wave, new age, 2017 beyond sort of thinker for baseball. And look, if, if Matt Clentac and I think like he's probably the right guy for Matt Clentac, it seems like they're on the same sort of wavelength. Everything that we know about Clentac is that he feels the same way about baseball as Gabe Kapler probably does. If this is the guy that he likes and and he's that forward-thinking and this is where the Phillies are going, I am on board totally 100%. I mean, look, we haven't had a fresh look at baseball in Philadelphia in, I think, ever. The Phillies have always been sort of this older, sort of traditionalist franchise with a lot of guys in the clubhouse and in the front office who have been there before, quote-unquote. And look, there's, I don't take anything away from that, but it's just the way that the Phillies have been over the past many decades. And has it worked? I don't know. They had a really good run of success between 2007 and 2011. A lot of that is due to the fact that Ed Wade drafted some incredible players and they all came together at the same time. And Pat Gillick, when was necessary, found the right pieces to surround them with. A lot of that is due to that. And Charlie Manuel, great great traditionalist players manager right down the line. And the Phillies were kind of the, if you think about it, and if you go deeper into Phil, and if you kind of go outside of the Phillies and go bigger into, Philly, into baseball history, the 2007 to 11 Phillies are maybe the last great traditionalist run in baseball history. After that group, every team that has won a World Series or has been close to it has done the same thing that a team like the Astros or the Dodgers or the Red Sox have done. And that's, think three to five years in cycles. We have a young group of guys who are coming up. We're going to give them the baton and run with it. And within three to five years, we're going to blow up half of it. And a new group of young guys are going to come in behind them. And that's going to be the new core. And it just goes on and on and on like that. And you bring in analytical minds. You have different tools in your toolbox that you work with. You use analytics, et cetera, et cetera. The Phillies were like the last franchise, the last great team of that previous era. And finally, they're in the new era, and they are now bringing in maybe the most progressively thinking skipper in baseball with Gabe Kapler. Also, it's 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 kind of an audacious move for the Phillies. It's kind of an out-of-the-box move. Kapler is not managed in the minor leagues above Class A when he was the Class A manager in the Boston organization back in, I think, 2012 or so. He retired, and then the Red Sox gave him a Class A managerial job because he wanted to be a manager. He did it for one year. He didn't like it. He came back to baseball. So Kepler's kind of of weird. The other managerial experience he had was he was the manager of the Team Israel team for the World Baseball Classic. (laughs) One of the more uh, uh, famous Jewish players in baseball. That's it. That's all he's got. So it's really interesting to see this kind of move being made. If that is the truth, and it seems like according to the numerous reports now uh, that are being confirmed that it looks like Gabe Kepler is going to be the guy it's very interesting. It's also really refreshing. I want to see something new out of this organization. I want to see a new line of thinking. I want to see a new way of doing baseball. I'm 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 ready to move on from guys like Boa and, and Juan Samuel and all that. As good a job as some of them do, as as bad a job as some of them do too, I just I'm just ready for new stuff. And I know a lot of old time fans and a lot of new time fans too. A lot of people are not gonna like that. Because they like the Boas of the world, and they like the old school. They like the Mickey Morandinis and all that. I want to see something new. We've seen the the same thing for the past many decades, and it did work. Luckily, in the last couple of years. But maybe it's time for something new. Time to give it a shot. If it doesn't work, go back to the old thing. I don't care. You can, I'll, 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 I'll. You could, you could send me your mail, and I will pay you a dollar every letter that I send you, and say that you're right. But let's try something new. And this move, if it does come down and it seems like it is, this move is a pretty big move for the Phillies. It it signals that they are ready to move into that next era. So Matt Clentac, it's now on. You now have, I would say, three years to prove that this team is on the up, that the culture's changed, that we're progressive, and that we're going toward contention. And I don't mean we have three years to like become a can. I mean, you have three years to prove that this is working. And hopefully that means we're in the playoffs within three years. If not, we better be close and we better be on the right track because it is time. It's time for us to feel like we have a better baseball team that we're following because everything's been going pretty well and the signs are showing that we're close, but we can't take steps back over the next couple of years. This move signals to me that the Phillies are ready to make that next step. So Matt Klantak, this is your big move. The eyes are on you and your boy Gabe, and we'll see what happens. And if not, you people who don't like this move, send me your mail. I'll send you a dollar and a note that says you are right. I'm wrong. I'm telling you right now, I have a feeling I will be right when this is all over. All right, now it's time for my interview of Mike Drago of the Reading Eagle. Of course, he covered the fight in Phils uh, between 2012 and 16 when Dusty Wathan was the manager there. Still covers him today as well as high school sports for the Eagle. But before I introduce him and we start that interview, I just want to say again, with the news happening right now, it's Sunday night as I'm recording this. Uh, this interview might very well be very obsolete by the time you hear it. In any case, it's a good look at a guy who hopefully will be part of the Philly staff in, in one way or another, whether it's as a bench coach or first base coach or third base coach or whatever, or maybe he returns to Lehigh Valley. Either way, it's a good look at a guy who has certainly earned his opportunities to be a big league manager, um, and hopefully he'll get that job if this doesn't work out here. But we talked about Dusty Watson and the kind of manager he is, the kind of guy he is, and what maybe he would do if he was manager of this team. Again, Probably not going to happen, but it's a really good look at a guy that we don't really know as much about as we think. So uh, we'll go right ahead with an interview right now.
1: So now I bring into the Phillies Nation podcast Mike Drago, who is a writer for the Reading Eagle. He has been covering uh, the Reading and Phils and every kind of sport, I guess, you can think of in the Berks County area for a long time. Uh, Mike, welcome to the Phillies Nation podcast.
2: Thanks. Thanks for having me on the show.
1: So, I wanted to kind of get into Dusty Watson, and we're recording this on Friday. I have to say this disclaimer because the podcast comes out on Monday. There might be an announcement between now and then, and this might actually be obsolete by then, but at the same time, it's nice to talk about Dusty Watson, who we don't talk about normally on the podcast. So, Mike, I know you covered Dusty for a number of years in Reading between 2012 2016. He was there. Um, I wanted to just talk a little bit about who he is. Who you know if 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 he might be the next manager. It's a good idea to kind of know what we're getting into here. So, who is Dusty Watson? Give me sort of your uh, you know your your overview of the kind of person he is, and and you know dealing with him on a regular basis. What is he like?
2: Well, you know, he is a true baseball man, as they say. He grew up in the game. His dad was the manager of the Kansas City Royals. Uh, Dusty was, a you know, a young kid at that time, a teenager. He'd go to the games and take batting practice with George Brett and, and Frank White and those guys. You know, the Royals had some great teams in those in those days. And, and he just – he grew up around the game. It's second nature to him. That's all he's ever known. It's all he's ever done. He played. He was a catcher. He made the big leagues. You know, he got the uh, cup of coffee in the big leagues a lot of time in the minor leagues as a player, and that's really where you learn the game and and, and learn the culture, and um, he's all about that.
1: Um, Yeah, I mean, he's obviously, you know, been in the minor leagues, I mean, both as a player and as a coach now for a pretty long time, and it kind of shocked me to realize that he was in the Phillies organization uh, starting as a coach in, I think, 2008, maybe even. So, you know, he's worked his way up for sure. Um, your first impressions of him kind of coming in because you knew he had this pedigree and uh the first year that he came into reading you know what did, did he seem like he was a guy that could adapt pretty quickly to double a and to sort of you know a different sort of a uh, level of, of of what the players are and what you know what the media might be looking for that kind of thing
2: well uh you know he was always prepared and like i like i said it kind of came second nature to him because he grew up around the game now at double a is the first time we're uh manager and players uh deal with the media on a regular basis you know that just doesn't happen in A ball very much rookie ball there's nobody around so in double A it becomes sort of a big league type atmosphere where you you meet with the press after and and before every game uh you know especially for the managers you know the players as well get some exposure there and uh, he always handled that well you know he's very a self assured guy um, you know, he, he, he knows everybody in the game. He knows these players, especially well, because he coached at several different levels, uh, through the Philly system. I and mean, he started in rookie ball. And then, you know, he was at Lakewood Clearwater and then five seasons at Reading, And then the last couple of years at, uh, uh, Lehigh Valley. So, uh, he, he certainly knows the core of the Phillies, uh, rebuild, rebuilding system right now, you know, all of these key guys, uh, you know reese hopkins and dylan cousins and jp crawford he came up with those guys you know all the way all the way up so he certainly knows them inside and out
1: yeah and i mean if you're talking about 2012 in Reading, i mean he was the manager there when cesar hernandez was in Reading, and i know you know michael franco came into Reading, i think in maybe 2013 and he was the manager there then so he's got you know I mean, if you look at the entire roster right now, he almost has experience managing every single person on that roster, which I'd have to imagine is a very rare thing to find in, in a coach in, in, in baseball. Is that right?
2: Yeah, I, I would agree. A lot of organizations, for whatever reason, go outside to find managers. I mean, the Mets did that. They brought in you know a guy from the Indian system, and uh, uh, you know other teams do that. I, I like it when a team... Uh, is able to develop its own manager as well as its own players. I mean, that's, uh, you know, uh, the strength of teams, uh, the really good teams. And, you know, like Joe Girardi was just let go of the Yankees. but He was a Yankee. You know, he came up to their system. He played for them. He he knew what they were all about. And, um, you know, the Dodgers historically – uh, not as much recently, but in the past, always did that. And you know, I, I think the Phillies have an opportunity to do that. Uh, you know, if uh, Dusty's on on the same page with the Phillies management, which I, I believe he should be, um, you know, he becomes an attractive candidate.
1: Now, um, it's got to be weird being a manager in the minor leagues because you, I mean, especially for a number, if if you're there consecutively at a at the same level. You're working with an entirely different class of players every single year, almost, so as someone who covers minor league ball do you do you ever get a sense of how a manager's sort of evolving? through the years, if he's there for a long time, you know, it's hard. I'm sure because there's different players, you know, show different things. So it's hard to kind of judge the manager day by day because the players are doing whatever they're doing. But do you ever get a sense, did you get a sense over that period of time of the kind of arc of Dusty's sort of managerial evolution, if there was anything there that was growing or developing?
2: That's a good question. You know, I mean, like everybody else at every other job, you you should be getting a little better at it each year but you know he came in you know, he had already managed four seasons when he got to Reading in 2012 so you know he had that part of it figured out and you know he has the relationships with the players which I think is is really big i mean i would call him uh you know what they term a a players manager he, he mm-hmm. i think he understands his players i think they understand him they work together uh, very well uh, I, th- I think they're all on the same page, you know. Uh, that's not always the case with all managers. Sometimes uh, there's a there's a gap there and then you don't feel that closeness. But, you know, Dusty's the kind of guy that if, if you wrote something that maybe he didn't like about one of his guys, he would, um, you know, he would mention it to you and, and defend the player. He's um, not the type that's going to call a guy out. Uh, in the press, at least not in the minor leagues. That, you know, maybe that might happen more in the major leagues. But I, I don't think he's that type. He's going to handle it in-house. You know, he's going to uh, take care of his guys and, and stand up for them. And, and really, that's what big league guys appreciate most from the manager. They don't want to get thrown under the bus in the press. You know, they don't want uh, to be criticized at all. And uh, Dusty's not... Not a guy that's going to do that if he's you know he's got an issue with a player he's going to handle it, and I've seen him you know numerous times with star players yank them out of a game, you know Dylan cousins uh more than once in the two thousand sixteen season, which was a tremendous season for him you know he 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 was probably the best player in the Phillies farm system you know that season, but at least twice I saw him get yanked from games for either not running hard to first or for in the outfield maybe you know, not going 100% for a ball. And uh, I think Dylan got the message, and the other guys see that. You know, when you when you pull out, you know, the league MVP, you yank him from the middle of the game, guys take notice.
1: Yeah, shades of Charlie Manuel yanking Jimmy Rollins, I guess, you know, in those even glory years, uh, when, when Jimmy was maybe a little lackadaisical at times. Um, so so have you heard, I mean, did you, did you write or hear, hear any stories over that period of time about him, you know, any particular players – who really took a shining? I mean, we've heard stories already. J.C. Crawford, Reese Hoskins have said that Dusty was, you know, maybe their, their favorite manager in their entire professional career. But are, are, are there any stories that you've heard or written about players specifically that have really, you know, uh, taken a shining to Dusty in a way? You
2: know, I, I wouldn't say it's just one or two. I think as a as a group, most of these top guys who have, you know, made it to Philly or are or, or close. Uh, appreciate Dusty's approach and his honesty and, you know, the fact that he's got their backs and, um, you know, and is willing to, you know, work with them and work for them. Uh, uh, Again, that's that major league mentality. Once they get to the big leagues, you know, they really don't want to be called out at all. And I don't think Dusty's the type that's going to do that in public, Uh, you know, not, not in front of the media or in front of the fans.
1: Uh, let's talk about him as a tactician a little bit. Um, you know, Reading, obviously, when he came in there, they had a really nice season in 2012, dipped a little bit in 13 and 14. I mean, the talent wasn't there as much. But then in the last couple of years in Reading, he, he, obviously, they were really, really good and, and were the top team in the Eastern League uh, going into the postseason in 2016, I believe. Um, you know, what was he like uh as sort of a as a as a game manager? You know, were there was there anything interesting or sort of special about the way that he managed bullpen's or lineups or things like that? Did lineups change a lot? You know, how was he from day to day there?
2: Well he he certainly adapted to the uh the talent that he had and he had he had some real good talent, but he had a couple of lean years where they just didn't have those home run hitters and then you know, he switched things up and would hit and run and steal bases. Uh, but then, you know, in 16, when he's got Reese Hoskins and Dylan Cousins, you know, blasting 40 homers, you know, he played to his strength. Um, uh, as far as pitching goes in the minor leagues, the manager's a little handcuffed because, you you know, you don't play it like you do in the big leagues. You know, you basically uh, guys need to get their work in on, on certain scheduled days and uh, relievers don't have – Uh, quite the firm roles. I mean, several guys will end up pitching that eighth or ninth inning and, and, you know, that, and, and plus guys are called up constantly. So you're, you know, you're always switching roles. So uh, a manager, a manager's uh, style doesn't come out as much, you know, working with a pitching staff. Uh, But as far as, uh, you know, uh,
0: hitting goes and
2: he's obviously a fundamental guy. He's obviously, a guy who's tuned into the Sabre metrics, which the, the Phillies are, are certainly value right now. That's a big point of emphasis with the big league club. Uh and at the minor league level you don't have access to nearly as much information. Um but still uh you know that you can see that was an important uh, thing to him and, and you and you still work on on shifts the way that, that you might defensive shifts the way that you might at the big league level, uh things like that. So you know he's he's uh, certainly young enough of of the the, gener- the generation that's not afraid of sabermetrics and 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 using those to your advantage.
1: Yeah, that was actually I mean that's such an important thing it seems for this search right now. And um, there was somebody you know a fan on Twitter said something about how you know you want a sabermetric manager. Why would they go with Dusty? Well nobody really knows. I mean, you know, especially if they follow the Phillies every day, but not the minor league teams, you know, we don't know and nobody knows exactly what kind of, you know, if the manager relies on sabermetrics metrics or doesn't. you know, we, we don't talk to them. We don't know. Um, but you say, I mean, obviously he, he's familiar with it and he uses it. So I guess, you know, in, in, in any detail, is there, is there anything that you saw sort of, you know, shifts you said, but any, anything else in practice that sort of, you know, tipped you off that this guy, you know, was thinking on that level?
2: Well, yeah, you know, we would talk about that uh, at times, uh, you know, because it's certainly an area of interest for me, and especially that, you know, when he first came to Reading five years ago, that's when the defensive uh, shifting started to become, you know, commonplace in the big leagues. Uh, and uh, But, you know, he's the key to Dusty is he's an organizational guy, and he takes his lead from the guys at the top. And, you know, they send the message down that, hey, this is the way we want to play it. You know, we want to do this on defense. We want to do this with our hitters. You know, we want to do this with our pitchers. And he is a guy who made sure that's what happened. You know, he 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 took his marching orders and and carried them through. And that's why he is in the position he's at now, As first as a A manager and now under consideration uh, for a big league job because he has that rep, rep, reputation of being uh, an organizational guy, someone who will take in and carry them out.
1: Um, Okay, so you mentioned, you know, players manager, and I think a lot of people who have even followed, you know, this search from afar would say the same thing, that Dusty seems like a players manager, it's what everybody said, Um, but through the years that you were covering, was there, were there moments where he did get sort of, you know, um, not angry, but maybe a little bolder with the team, more aggressive, more sort of, you know, fiery, you know, we got to get the win tonight kind of thing, was there any of that going on uh, that, that you saw?
2: Well, he doesn't like to lose, I can tell you that. Uh, certainly um he uh he you know, he takes those things to heart uh and he didn't just uh accept losing or poor play. Uh, you know, it wasn't just like, well, we had a bad game or whatever, you know. You could tell it affects him. Um it's important to him to be successful and um uh, I'm sure that, you know, he, he made that known to the players. You know, when they didn't perform up to their up to their ability when they committed four or five errors, you know, he let them know about
1: it. Yeah. It, it's, it's really interesting as someone who, you know, has to deal with fans on a regular basis, you know, reading the website and kind of getting a sense of what they want. There's been a lot of like some fans are like bringing Chase Utley as a manager, which I, I have no idea why you would want Chase Utley to be manager. That's the of your feelings right now, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I could see why people would want it. But at the same time, it's like, no, you don't want it. <laughs> so, um, you know, I think I think people are looking for that sort of, you know, there, there's a certain section of Philadelphia fans who want that fiery sort of, you know, brash, is not afraid to speak out and get kicked out of a game. I mean, Pete McCannon I don't think, ever got really kicked out of a game. I can't remember a time when he actually got kicked out by an umpire. Um, you know, is Dusty – can he – is that in him a little bit? I mean, you know, just the the, the Larry Boa ish kind of thing. Is that something that's in him, or is he more? It seems like he's more reserved than that. He's a more thoughtful person, but I don't. I don't want to say you you, you know him better than I do. Oh no,
2: it, it's in there. Trust me, it's in there. Now uh, at the major leagues, you don't see that as much with Pete McKenna because of the instant replay. You know, there's there's really sure. not a whole lot to argue. You know? Sure. you know, you can't really argue those plays at the plate or on the bases and whatnot. And you know, you're not supposed to argue balls and strikes. Um, and so it, that that part of the game has changed. And at the minor leagues, uh, we don't have instant replay, so it's still, uh, you know, the manager running out in the field and, and yelling and screaming. Dusty can do that with the best of them. He's mm-hmm. certainly, uh, you know, he's a big guy. He's an intimidating uh, a presence out there. Was he go about 6'4 or so. And uh, he is not, you know, uh, afraid to get in a guy's face, uh, an umpire's face, and, and let him know what's going on. And he really knows the game in terms of rules and situations. And, uh, you know, probably better than uh, these minor league umpires who, you know, are much younger, haven't been around the game as long as, as he has. But he uh, he generally, uh, you know, was ahead of them in terms of things like that.
1: Uh, one of the big, uh, I guess, positives on Pete McCann and, you know, through his time as manager was that he was really good with the media. He was great talking with people about just what was going on with the team and leveled with the media and seemed to be on their level and understood and was thoughtful um, just give me a sense of how dusty was with you as a reporter and with the other reporters and, and broadcasters covering on a regular basis.
2: Yeah, I think he uh, he enjoyed that, especially when uh, there would be several reporters from Philly that would come down and, and, uh, and make it like sort of a true press, post-game press conference type thing or pre-game, um, you know, and, and when he had the better teams, of course, uh, Daily News would, you know, was regularly sending people down the TV stations. Uh, you know, when, when Hoskins and Cousins were having that home run chase, this was and, – and the big league club was struggling. This was kind of uh, the place to be in 2016. So there was a lot of media here at that point, and And uh, he seemed to really uh, relish that uh, quite a bit. Now, you know, it's different – on other nights when you know it's just one you know one guy's in there interviewing him it's a little different there's not as much energy and and uh and the beat writer and the manager you know tend to during a long season kind of get tired of each other you know because you have to you know talk to each other you know before you know 50 60 games before and after you know it's a long year and then and you know but when there are other other people around he he you know certainly was very engaged Engaging in that and um, and confident, you know. Like I said, he knows his stuff. Uh, you're not gonna, he's not going to be ever in a conversation baseball wise where um, he's you know overmatched or you know doesn't have an answer or can't can't hold his own. That's for sure. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so let's imagine that the Phillies do decide that it's Dusty who gets the job. Um, and, and kind of the next step would be coaching staff and, and, and who we might want to bring in. He's worked with a couple guys over his couple last couple years, especially in Reading and in Lehigh Valley, uh, that seems to have sort of similar guys, and, and, and he seems to trust certain guys. Is there anybody that you think he might, you know, bring in? Is there anybody that he works with really closely that you just, if you're a fan, like just keep a lookout for that name?
2: Yeah, you know, I, I don't have a good uh, feel for that. Uh, first of all, you have to... You know, you're not sure what, how much say he's going to have over that. Sometimes uh, the team might want him to, you know, retain certain guys. You know, managers don't always have that choice of of hiring a, a completely new staff. So, um, but I, I would not be surprised to see him bring in, you know, minor league guys that he worked with. Uh, he's been at so many different levels, and the the minor league staff kind of comes in and out. There's rovers and, and things like that. So. Uh, you know, it's hard. It's hard to say. You know, who he might want for his pitching coach if, if uh, you know, he would retain some of the guys that are up there now.
1: Well, I mean, that definitely would need a new hitting coach. I don't know if you've seen the news in the last hour, but he'll need a new hitting coach now. If Matt Scars is now in San Diego. I don't know if you. I did not see that.
2: that. No, I know that. Uh, you know, he uh, Mickey Morandini was on his staff in Reading one year, or, or maybe maybe a part yeah. of the year, and uh, you know. So that's a name, you know. That's certainly I I could see those guys continue uh, to work together uh, as well. Um, You know, I mean, uh, pitching coaches. He's he's had several pitching coaches in Reading, um, but that'll be an interesting development. Should he get the job, to see where he goes with that.
1: Yeah, and I've seen names. I mean, he's worked with uh, apparently Brian Cacciatore was his hitting coach for a couple of years in Reading. Um, and then Charlie Hayes was a bench coach in, in Lehigh Valley, so maybe more former Phillies uh, joining uh, the staffs of the, of the coaching staffs in Philadelphia. Who knows? Um, but but it seems like, as you know, as, as you kind of, as you sum it up here, it seems like, you know, if Dusty does, if he gets the job, and it seems like he's one of two or three candidates left here, um, that he'd probably, you know, he's ready to slide into a major league role, and it seems like he's he, he's really more than prepared to to be a guy who can who can start, you know, uh, taking over a team that's sort of in that next level, getting ready for contention in a couple of years. Is that right?
2: And that's true. I think you know the big question here. I think it's not so much Dusty. It's you know, where's uh, Matt Clintack coming from? Does he does he want to stay in house and bring you know bring somebody in who has worked with these players for a long time? Um, or does he want to go outside and kind of create his own, his own thing? Because, you know, Matt has only been with the organization a few years. He, he came from the outside. He may want to show, you know, that he wants his own guys around and Dust maybe Dusty's not seen as one of his guys because Dusty, you know, really was, was part of uh, the Ruben Amaro uh, organization. That's when Dusty came in uh, as a manager and, and, uh and join the organization so you know that that's the big key i think i think we're gonna we're gonna find out a lot about matt clintech and and where he's coming from with who he who he picks here
1: yeah well we all wait with bated breath to find out what matt does here the next uh, day or two or maybe even today or maybe it happened yesterday who knows but either way uh it's a good talk so uh, thank you so much mike drago of the reading eagle again you know catch all this stuff Yeah, you know, what, what's your twitter for everybody who who's listening
2: it's M.L. Drago.
1: M.L. Drago on Twitter, M-L-D-R-A-G-O. Mike Drago,
0: thank you so much for coming on the Phillies Nation podcast.
2: Okay, Tim, good talking to you.
0: All right, back here on the Phillies Nation podcast. Real quick, a quick commercial for philliesnation.com and a big event we're having. It's actually tonight. It's tonight at Holy, Fa- Holy Family College. Uh, I think it's at 6.30 p.m. tonight. We have an awesome event. It's a book club. We're going to talk about the 1993 Phillies. The book is called Macho Row, the 1993 Phillies and Baseball's Unwritten Code. It is a book about, of course, the great run of the Phillies in 93, and we have a great panel on board for that. Michael Sadowski of Phillies Nation will be there, as well as Mitchell Nathanson of the University of Villanova. Uh, University of Villanova? Villanova University. That's what it's called. Uh, I'm not. I'm not that far away from Philadelphia. And Tommy Green, Pitcher for the 1993 Phillies. Of course, pitch a no-hitter, 91, one of the great Phillies of that era. He is also on the panel. We're going to talk about the 93 Phillies. All the good, the bad, the ugly. Certainly a lot of ugly. No offense to anybody, but come on. Let's be honest. Uh, <laughs> so that event is happening at Holy Family College, uh, 6.30 p.m. tonight. So go to do that. Uh, go there and, and have a good time. It's free. It's awesome. We'll have uh, the live audio from that later on after it's done. Also go to philliesnation.com. Go there now because you'll get manager stuff. Obviously, the Gabe Kaplan news and I'll more on that in a second. Also, off season, We're going to have a big offseason overview coming up uh, over the next couple of days. We're going to go through all the positions that the Phillies will be looking to fill. Starting pitcher, outfield, uh, probably a fourth outfielder, fifth outfielder position. Bullpen, that kind of stuff. We'll have all of that. Also, a really cool feature that we're going to start this week. We're going to imagine the Phillies as the 2021 National League champions. I've already put a timetable on it. 2021. That's when we're going to win the NL. Okay? You got it. So go to philliesnation.com starting Today, if you're listening on Monday, tomorrow, if you're listening right now on Sunday, or maybe yesterday, if you're listening on Tuesday, go there and read what we have for the offseason and much more. Your source for Phillies news, rumors, information, and opinion, philliesnation.com. Okay, so in the open, we had, of course, the news from John Heyman that Gabe Kapler looked to be the decision for the Phillies. Then I broke during that first segment that Jim Salisbury was saying that Cap, uh, Kapler was probably the guy. Now, Todd Zelecki is tweeting that the Phillies have indeed chosen Gabe Kapler as manager and will announce as early as tomorrow. There it is. You've now listened to an obsolete podcast because Dusty Wathan is not manager of the Phillies. But again, as I said, that interview, you can definitely listen as a good primer on a guy that we don't know as well, much about. And maybe we'll be part of the Phillies coaching staff in 2018. We'll see, but uh really good manager. Obviously he had a good year at Lehigh Valley, but that should be it. That'll wrap it up. Gabe Kapler will be the new manager of the Phillies. And uh, my ex-girlfriend from 2006 to eight or 2006 to seven, I should say, um, I should probably email her. Cause she had a big crush on Gabe Kapler for a number of years. Still does. So it all comes back around, doesn't it? Gabe Kapler, sports science, analytics, good communicator, forward-thinking, young. He's in his, I think, early 40s. Um, Really good-looking. Have you seen pictures of him online? He's got pictures shirtless. He's really good-looking. No wonder my ex-girlfriend liked him. He's your guy. He's, He's your new manager. There he is. Obsolete podcast. Celebrate. Have a drink. We now have an analytic mind in the dugout. I'm actually very excited. I can't wait to see what happens in 2018 with a guy in the dugout who's going to have books and books and books of spreadsheets, 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 excited, really excited. All right. That's been it. Phillies nation podcast. That's it for the week. I have nothing else since the news has been reported. We will probably come back with an off season podcast either next week or the week after maybe next week. If we want to get this done quicker, because obviously the off season will get going in a few days. And listen to our other podcast, Playing the Rube, in which myself and our Dan Walsh try to be the GM of the 2009 Phillies with superbly terrible results. You should listen. It's hilarious. It's very gripping. I swear. Gabe Kapler, new manager of the Phillies. Celebrate. Run in the streets. It's raining out. Celebrate anyways. We'll see you next time. Bye.